Reconstructionist Radio presents The War Room, where we discuss tactics for strategic Christian living. Mighty Lord, extend your kingdom, be the truth with sunny Orlando, Florida, and it is my great pleasure to have my brother in Christ, Pastor Sunday at Elijah from Kiev, Ukraine. Welcome to the War Room, Pastor Sunday. Thank you, sir. Thank you, my brother. Thank you, Brother Bill. I- I'm so uh, excited to get to know you because there is a surprise to me, like I already told you. I'm totally impressed, and I see that God is a God of restoration, and in and uh, He's, he's, he's true to his word that he always has 7,000 in every situation, in every circumstance. Even when you think nothing is going on, he always has his 7,000 people. In America, if you don't cross your T's or dot your I's, theologically speaking, you're immediately discounted. The seminary system here <laughs> is, a, is, a, is, a great, is a great bane on Christ's church and what you're doing there in kiev is mentoring and you are raising up leadership organically recognizing callings and giftedness by the holy spirit and putting people right to work and they learn by doing yep yep i watch so much of your videos and the things you're putting up now about young entrepreneurs and the entrepreneurial spirit and and creating wealth you know it takes resources to build the kingdom yep from your perspective and i believe from the biblical perspective you see money as a tool of dominion of expanding expanding the kingdom we are so excited about american christians who are kingdom driven getting to know about what your your work and and i urge everyone to follow you what i thought we would do today because you and i may very well have uh, differences in interpretation in some areas of Christian theology. Yeah. But we are united by faith in Christ. Jesus said, blessed are the pure in heart, not blessed are the pure in doctrine. (laughs) And, And if we're going to extend Christ's kingdom, we have to work with people who are different than we are because everyone is different than we are. Yeah. And so we love to build bridges with brothers. I was asked earlier today, is he post-millennial? One American theologian said, you're either a glass half full Christian or you're a glass half empty Christian. Yeah. Either you're a pessimist or you're an optimist. And yeah. I, I believe you're an optimist. Yeah. Whatever, whatever you call it, you believe in gospel victory, do you not? Well, you know... Do you want me to answer already? Yes, of course. Okay. Am I a post-millennium or is it pre-millennial? I don't even know what they call any other thing. Is it well, pre- you know, pre-millennial, it's, it's, it has to do with uh, a, an age of gospel victory. Uh, everyone believes in an age where Christ reigns supreme. The only question is, is 
Does Christ reign supreme only in our hearts? Or does he reign supreme in the whole world over all the institutions? Do all the kings of the earth come and kiss the sun? Is there worldwide revival or is it only after Christ comes? A post-millennialist believes that, and I've mentioned this several times on your post. Is it two you have or three? Well, there's three. There's amillennial, which says there's really no millennial. Uh, It's just that wheat and the tares grow up together. And then there's the premillennial. So let's say that after Christ comes, he will establish his kingly reign over all the earth. And a post-millennialist says, no, no, Christ is reigning right now from the right hand of the Father, and he can reign from heaven just as well as he could reign from anywhere else. A post-millennialist would say, God the Father has promised to the Son the nations of the earth as his inheritance. So the question is, when does he receive that? When does Christ receive his inheritance? I didn't even know. I didn't even know all the details. (laughs) I said, I don't know if Pastor Sunday even knows these categories. Yeah, I'm not. Because... You in America are big on theology. I am not a theology person. I got saved when I was say I was watching a television pro evangelist, you know, preach, and I got saved on te- watching TV, and I left six months later, my homeland of Nigeria, with Bible, just my Bible, and I went to Russia, and in the, I've been here for over thirty years now. And uh, I didn't have any opportunity to go to any Bible school or theological school. And I'm happy for it because I wanted to do it. One, of, uh, one, one school in America in particular invited me to, get, to give me a scholarship to come and study in the Bible school but, or the seminary. But uh, the Lord spoke to my heart very clearly and said, I have different ways of, um, of raising up my generals. I never had the concept of general before then, but that's what the word I heard in my spirit. And he said, when I want to do a new thing, there are different ways I raise up people. Some I raise up in the local church. Some I raise up with mentors, with uh, senior mentees to be mentored by men of God, by people who know God, by people who are taught. Some are mentored or raised up in the Bible schools or the colleges or seminaries. But then when I want to do something unique and different, I will normally take my uh, servants or my generals into the wilderness, for in, into, into solitary and on a solitary journey. And in that solitary journey, I isolate them from the crowd and from the noise of their era and of their age so that they will be focused on receiving the direction and the revelation that I'm giving to them. So he, told, he showed me in the scriptures about Moses was in the wilderness, about, uh, you know, uh, John the Baptist was in the wilderness, and, uh, uh, you know, even Paul was in the wilderness, and even Jesus was led into the wilderness. So he was telling me about that. So And, I, and I'm very thankful because when I read the Bible now, I read it from that concept, I mean, from that perspective of uh, what I am reading from just the Word of God. Now, I read a lot of books as well, but I'm not sure of where they belong. I don't know who belongs where. I don't know what is Armenian, Calvinist, or what is, uh, you know, I'm not big on those things. Or what is Millennium? What I know is this. Jesus occupy till I come. 
come. Now, when he says occupy till I come for me, well, that means that I should be busy. <laughs> the church should be busy expanding and establishing the dominion of the Lord Jesus Christ until he comes. Now, in my own perspective, the way I understand that is that the church has to be busy expanding the dominion of the Lord Jesus Christ on the earth. So till he comes or I go to meet him, we all have to be dominating. We all have to be making the kingdoms of this world bow down to become the kingdoms of our God and his Christ. So that is what I am busy doing, raising up disciples, raising up Christians, pastors, uh, leaders, churches, and teaching them to have dominion, to subdue every sphere of life in, onto the feet of the master, of the king, until the whole world bows before him. Either he's coming in the process or when, at the end of it, I don't have an idea. But I can't see waiting in the Bible. And I can't see yes. waiting for the rapture or waiting for anything. Because in Matthew yeah. 28, it said, go ye therefore. Then it yes. said, occupy till I come. It, it yes. said, you know, you know, make the kingdoms of this world become the kingdom of, of, of God and of, of his Christ. So that is yes. talking about working and getting busy and going to yes. everywhere to dominate. So where do they get the idea of waiting for? That I don't get. Yeah, we, would, yeah, we see the, that the Great Commission in Matthew 28 is really just a restatement of the dominion mandate in Genesis, where he says, go be fruitful and multiply and take dominion and subdue the earth. Yep. But the church fulfills its mandate when it changes the society, not when it is confined to its sanctuary and Sunday school classrooms. This is from your book, Church Shift. Yes, because that is one of the things that I saw in America when I came. I was shocked. All these things, America helped me. That's, church Shift is a book I wrote to kind of say bye-bye America, but I give you the mandate the way I understand the kingdom. So I say church shift. The church, the way it's practiced in America, has got to shift. Church is the focus of the church, and the goal of the church must never be the pulpit. As a matter of fact, the building and the, the you know structure, the organized church, is the, is the bane of Christianity, is the death of Christianity. Once you, yes. begin, once you begin to focus on it, and, you know, what, I call it housekeeping. Once you begin to focus on housekeeping, which is taking care of your house, it's just like me now. I wake up in my house, I have to make my bed, you know, go to the kitchen, put things in order. But I still have to go to my office and work. So I don't say because I've put my bed in order, I've walked. I still have to go out to the field. So that's how I see the church. If you anything you do in the church is only homekeeping, housekeeping, you still need to step out and go for your vocational duties, for your job. So if when we begin to confine church to the four walls of the of the building, we kill the church. We kill that church. That church yes. is dead. So the focus is always to look outward, outside, and because that is the only place. The battles are only won. In the field, in the battlefield, not in the headquarters, not in the in the war room, but in the battlefield. <laughs> yeah, we would even say that to focus on saving souls is a mistake. Yes, sir. God saves us to work in His vineyard. Yeah, He saves us so we can be in His army, so yeah. we can part be part of His global agenda. The idea of making disciples is not just get a few here and get a few there but to make the nations 
his disciples. Literally, that means economics, banking, education, the arts, recreation, business, technology, all of that belongs to Christ. That's what surprised me when I got to America, because that's what I expected to see. And I was, you know, disillusioned and very broken when I saw the form of church. I didn't know where that is coming from, the form of church that is practiced by evangelical churches in America. The What I saw in uh, uh, Matthew chapter 28 is that, Go ye therefore into all into the nations and make, I mean, into all the world and make disciples of all nations. Go ye therefore and make disciples of all nations. Now that word nation is much more richer than just countries. Is a go make disciples of nations that includes their culture. So our focus should be in changing yes, the culture exactly. of the people, but that also includes lifestyle. So our focus must also include changing the lifestyle of the people, but that also includes our worldviews. So we must yes. bring, you know, we must change the worldview of the people. So when it, that is very broad. Very broad and wide. So, but then it gives us the instrument of doing it. It said, "Go and do that. Go make disciples of not church members." And that is the problem. People read it the wrong way. They think Jesus said, "Go make disciples of church members," but he didn't say, "Go make disciples of church members." But what I see in churches today is that people go to make disciples of new converts, but he didn't say, "Go make disciples of new converts." He said, "Go make disciples of nations." So if we get this assignment right, then we'll be able to we'll be able to position ourselves right. Then it's, it gave us the key on how to do that. He said, teaching them to observe all I have taught you. So the principles that Jesus has taught us, the values of the kingdom, the virtues of the kingdom, the principles of the kingdom, the precepts that he has brought from the kingdom of heaven, that he has taught us, those precepts and principles must be used now to disciple nations. Once we are able to impose or to pen penetrate the culture, the value systems, the lifestyle, the, the worldview, the culture of our peoples with those values of, of the kingdom of God, and they are able to abide, and the culture is able to abide by those values, and the peoples are able to abide by those values, then the kingdom of God has come. But, but, but then, when we just disciple individuals, we lose the assignment, we lose the target, we lose the Amen. purpose. So in, my, in our church, for, for example, if you say you are called to be a businessman, what we do is that when people come to church and get saved, we tell them about redemption. And we take them back to Genesis. That Genesis chapter 1 and chapter 2 is what we had before sin entered and before Satan entered. So that is the ideal, the most ideal picture of God's expectation of us before sin came to the picture. So we tell people, you have been told to multiply, to be fruitful and multiply and have dominion. Why? What makes Garden of Eden unique and different? Because that is where he put its glory. Because that is what happened when they sinned, the glory left. And so the, the, that is, the glory of God is what makes Adam, I mean, the Garden of Eden different. So he put them in the glory, which is, and the glory of God, the Garden of Eden, is a symbol of the kingdom of God. So when he told them, be fruitful and be multiplied, he is telling them, multiply the glory, the kingdom, which is represented in this, 
Garden of Eden, multiply it, spread it out from this garden, and spread it to the whole earth, so that the whole earth will be filled with the glory. That same glory will fill the earth as the waters cover the sea. So it is now our obligation, now that we have been, the kingdom of God again has been returned to everyone that is saved, but into our heart. No more in a geographical place, Eden. The Eden has been reproduced and restored in our heart. So that we are in that glory. We still have that mandate. Take that glory that is inside your heart and go and spread it to the place of your passion where God has called you or the place of your calling. Now, if somebody says he wants to be a businessman, I tell him, okay, you want to do computer industry. Your idea is not to make money. You know, making money is good, but the whole purpose of you going to that computer industry is for you to have dominion. And what is dominion? You are supposed to bring the principles, the value system of the kingdom of God to have preeminence and to have domination in that all area. So you have got to be the best. You've got to be excellent. You've got to be, you know, you've got to become an authority there in form of influence so that you now could talk and everybody want to follow you because of this success you have recorded. And so the goal, therefore, is not money. The money you have been paid is a compensation. But the goal is to bring the dominion of God, the rulership of God, the glory of God, the supremacy of God into that particular industry. But what I've seen Christians do is that they just go about their daily work just to, you know, get the salary at the end of the day, of the end of the month. But really, they are supposed to be there as carrier of the kingdom of God and the imposers of the, of the glory of God over that particular sphere where they feel that God has called them to to bring the kingdom of God. So, so everything we do is supposed to be about bringing the kingdom and imposing the presence, the glory, and the beauty of the kingdom upon that particular little you know, sphere of influence where we've been called. Pastor Sunday, I'm, some of the things that you share are hidden in plain view. I and mean, one of the things that's very, very much a characteristic of, of the church, ecclesiastical authority, is their view of what the keys of the kingdom means. What Jesus, what's that term when Jesus gives the keys to the kingdom? And many pastors and bishops think, well, this is uh this is some special magical authority that Jesus gives to forgive sins and bind sins and cast into hell, excommunicate from the church, and to exercise at magisterial authority over God's people. And what I see coming from your teaching is that, no, if you were to ask a successful businessman, what are the keys of running a successful business? Or you were to ask a successful father and husband, what are the keys to raising godly children? Or you're asking a pastor, what are the keys to uh, identifying future leaders and equipping them to take up the their calling you're asking you're talking about kingdom principles yes, not sir. some magic not some magical authority that belongs to bishops and pastors and elders but the the principles that if you apply them diligently will result in the blessing of god and in his glory being manifested for example if you go to any country one of our strategies is this any country we go to we want to have a list of all the problems in that society. 
Yes. Let's say they have problem in the set. Like, for example, I went to Japan. And they told me the teenagers don't want to go to school. Because they, they are depressed. The demand is too much. So they have the highest amount of suicide, suicide, suicide among young people, among teenagers in Japan. Young people kill themselves. So that is a so that's a problem for me. I begin to rejoice when I see that because I have the key. Now, what is the key? What do we do? So what we do is that we go to the ministry. We write a proposal. And go to the Ministry of Education and say, okay, you and the or youth development, and say, okay, you have this problem with your youth. They are committing suicide, and they are killing themselves. They don't want to go to school. I can resolve that. Now, once I resolve it, once I resolve it, I want you to. Oh, I think I don't know where the noise is coming from. No, this is my this is this is my dog. Oh, okay. Sorry, sorry. Okay, I got it. I got it. So what we do, what we do is that. So what we normally do is we will go there, we will minister to maybe one, two, three, four, five kids, get them saved, teach them the principles of the kingdom of God in the sense that the word of God changes you. And we teach them, for example, about honor, honoring your father and mother. We teach them about, you know, the power of law and how protective law is. We teach them the advantages of principles, observing principles, of living for a purpose, of, you know, so we bring purpose, meaning into the life of this person. So once we are able to change two, three, four, five people's lives, then we write the principles out and tell them, see, you you gave us give, you give us the worst students. You give us five worst students in your in your school. See them; they are changed. They will now come with their stories. We have a model that way. We we created a a, a, a pro prototype. We just form a model there that we have done something that your educational system was not able to do. We have just done something that your whole country was not able to resolve. We have helped these people. Now, just like we did with these five people, we are going to do it with five million. So that is how we get entrance because we, use, we just use the skis of the kingdom to bring deliverance, to bring meaning, to bring focus, to bring you know, you know, purposeful living, and to bring answer. For example, in this country, Ukraine, they had a huge problem with drug addiction and they couldn't solve problems of drugs. I said, no problem. I will resolve it. I don't need God to come from heaven. God is in me. God is in us. We have his principles. We have his word. He has already given us the secret. So I come, I come and use the principle of, and these drug addicts, they don't want to talk to anybody. You know what I come to do? I, I teach my people to do this. We come and manifest love for them, to them. We touch them with the God's touch of love. We overwhelm them with so much love. And then we bring the generational power of the Spirit of God in the sense of salvation. So we, we then we, we, we teach them principles of cleanliness. We, we teach them of what redemption means, what Christ has done for them, and, the, and what has happened for them. They are, 
and what they are here for. We give them purpose that you are here to rule and reign. You are here to have dominion. You don't just live to be a, 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 a dog or a cat or animal. No, look at whose image you are made. We show them the image of the God who they are made in. When you, know, when you can help people to see the image, when you can give them the mirror, to see, this is how you are supposed to look at. Look at how you are supposed to look. You are supposed to look like God, like Jesus. That is the image from which you are made. You are made from that image. If you could get the original of how you are made to be, we make them to see mentally. Once they are able to see who they are supposed to be, they come back to themselves. They wake up and then we help them, develop them. So that way we've been able to, you know, so we said, okay, I said, give me all the drug addicts in the country. That is how we were able to eradicate drug addiction, alcoholism from our society. Not totally eradicate, but, you know, for anybody that has come to us, we have been able to bring 40, 42,000 people out of drug, drug addiction that way. So that is just, you know, those are the keys of the principles. The same thing with the school system, the same thing with medicine. We bring the, the principles of love. The principles of purpose, the principles of redemption, the principles of uh, regeneration, the principles of the kingdom of God. We bring it alive into people. We give people hope. We give people... So by the time they experience it and they change, that becomes a standard for us. So that's a prototype. And then we multiply that and make it, and make it to be a standard for the whole nation. So let me let me see if I can uh, draw a parallel and, and ask you for your advice. Uh, there is a widely, as you said, in the Ukraine, there's there was a widely accepted belief that the great problem, drug addiction, alcoholism, uh, in Japan, high expectations were driving school children to despair. In America, we have a culture of death. We have uh, increasingly uh, freedoms that uh, were typical of U U.S. culture. We have an increasing police state. We have an increasingly powerful overarching government that is uh, imperial in their aspirations. And we have an increasingly docile American populace who just wants to be entertained, who just wants to be uh, left made comfortable and uh, to pursue their own pleasure and uh, material comfort. Um, but the church is not engaging the evil in society. We in America, approximately a million and a half babies every year murdered uh, in abortion. And uh, the church, we have a evangelical church on every corner. And the Christians are supposedly, you know, in the hundred, you know, 50, 100 million. And yet we have a culture of death where life is so devalued. Mothers, fathers take the lives of their children. They send them, they, 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 you know, abortion is a huge problem here. In addition, we have now a huge problem with transgender confusion, homosexuality, uh, sodomy, immorality. Many of us in America would say, well, this is judgment upon America for the church not standing up to the evils that surround it. In other words, the people of God must be engaging the enemies of God. And yet your approach to engaging unbelief and, and, and these 
problems in society sound like they're not so much to denounce them, but they're to minister to them. You, your perspective, I think, is more that you serve them. You give, you, take responsibility. You. I am the kingdom carrier. I have the solution. I have the answer. That's what the kingdom is. Kingdom has answer to everything on the earth. You see, let me tell you something. The, this whole earth is made and created to function according to the standards of heaven. So right. the, the earth, therefore, is a miniature, miniature of the kingdom of heaven. So whatsoever makes the kingdom of heaven to function is the only thing that will make the kingdom of, to, that will make the earth to function. It is only when the earth is aligned with the laws and the principles of heaven that the earth will function perfectly. For example, it's like the way if you live anyhow you want to live on the earth by any principles you want, it's like swimming against the tide. But if you want to, for example, let's say, let's take one principle in the kingdom of God. So what makes the kingdom of God tick? What makes the kingdom of God work? So the Bible tells us that God in all his nature is love. So when we live by love, when I am able to discover love, the nature of God, and I am able to make love my nature, and I am able to, to tell people, you see, you are made to function by love. Whenever you refuse to function by love, you are moving against the tide. So I come to that. That's just one principle. I come to them and I say, you know, you know, you are created to function by love. If you don't function by love, let's say you begin to hate. You begin to have heart pressure. You begin yeah. to have stomach ache. You begin to have, have a heart attack. You begin, because that's not the way you are made to function. So the whole earth is like that. You know, only when we are able to make the earth to come to a place of identifying the principles of the kingdom of God. That's why Jesus brought these principles. So he said, you are the light of the world. Why? Because you carry the answers of the kingdom of God. You know the principles of the kingdom of God. You know the keys of the kingdom. So when I see anything wrong in my community or in my country, I don't come against it, no. I take responsibility because I know the answer. They don't know the answer, but I know the answer. They don't know the solution, but I know the solution. So I come and I apply the solutions. So what the church is supposed to be about is to be training and teaching every member of the congregation to know the principles of the kingdom of God, the laws, the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and how to apply them in different situations. Not just to argue, not just to make intellectual cases, but to be able to bring practical helps and solutions. Not to condemn, because if you begin to condemn, then you lose them. Then you, you know, you, you will never be able to win them. Then they will never listen to you. But when you come to love, to embrace them, and you overwhelm them with love first, then they are ready to listen to you. Are you interested in Christian education? Would you like to learn how to be a Christian teacher or how to run your very own Christian school with success? The GCS Apprenticeship Program can help. Learn more on our website at gcsapprenticeship.com. As our listeners begin to listen and, and, and we finish the narration on your book, Church Shifts, uh, and these are 
And I've gleaned a bunch of principles just from the first several chapters, one of which is clear that you that you said God anticipates the redemption of the nations. Yes, sir. And that God demands preeminence in all things and in every nation. So you are, if God anticipates it, then that presume, I presume then you anticipate it because yes. you're thinking his thoughts after him. Yes. Which means that we believe that this will be accomplished because Jesus said in Matthew 28, all authority and power has been given to me. So go. You have a, a very organic approach as you read the scripture and you immerse yourself in the scripture. Yeah, I don't have any I don't have any theology for it, but I know that if I read the Bible, I read Genesis chapter 3. In Genesis chapter 3, the Bible says that man sinned. Now, when man sinned, he fell and Jesus came to redeem the man. But also, when you look at Genesis very well, you will see that the consequences of the fall did not just affect the man. First of all, the earth lost the kingdom. So if God is just, and if God, if God is, uh, is, is, if God is just and God is systematic in his approach, he will redeem not just the man, but he will redeem the earth. Because the earth lost the kingdom as a result of the fall of man. God also, you know, didn't want to cause the man. He, he caused the, the, the land and said, cause is the land for your sake. Cause is the for your sake. And as a result of that curse, there were nothing like there was nothing like funds and thousands before that statement. But immediately in verse 18, after that statement, funds and thousands began to come out from the earth as a sign of the if God now sends Jesus to come back to redeem the, the, the man, it, it's, an, it's an incomplete job to just redeem the man without redeeming the earth. So, but yes. it, it starts with the king, the man who is supposed to be the king of the dominion. So, but the, 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 the mandate for the man is that you man, now Jesus has redeemed you. He has come into your heart. Now the earth was cursed for your sake and because of you. Now you take responsibility for the earth that was cursed for your sake and go and manifest the kingdom that you have now received to redeem and regenerate the earth itself. That is why in Romans chapter 8, it says the whole earth is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. Why? Because the sons have tasted the glory. They have tasted redemption. And creation itself is waiting for that redemption. That's why we don't blame anything. We don't blame problems. We take, we know what we are here for. We know who we are. We have been redeemed. The kingdom has been brought into us. We now need to go and release that same kingdom through the principles and the spirit of the kingdom. We release it to redeem and regenerate every aspect of the earth. So that way, we have been redeemed to be redeemers of the earth. Yes. I think it, for if people don't, uh, they don't get outside of their country. They don't see what God is doing in the whole world. Uh, there are notable cases of, 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 like the nation of Uganda, where uh, the land was virtually cursed and under the re regime of Idi Amin. And now that uh, the people of God are rising up in Uganda, and it's almost as though Uganda has 
entered into a covenant with God, and he's blessing the land and their agriculture and their and their climate, that everything is affected. So revival is not just in the heart of a man, but that revival reaches to his whole society and affects it. Uh, Pastor Sunday, uh, I know we only have a little bit of time with you, and we've no, taken well, a bunch I of think that. My, I wanted... my assistant said we could only go till six, but I think we could actually take the freedom and go another 30 minutes or 40 minutes. Well, I, I, we would love to do that. Uh, I want to make sh I want to make sure that people understand what's going on now, where God is calling you to return to Nigeria. We want to know about the fellowship there in Kiev. You are having a worldwide influence. Will you tell us about some of the fruit that the fellowship there in has has God has produced there through the labors in in Ukraine? What what my, fruit? My my main my main occupation preoccupation is to raise people, leaders, or individual Christians who will be capable of carrying the kingdom, effectively carrying the kingdom. So we don't just carry, we carry God and impose the kingdom of God, the dominion of the kingdom of God everywhere we feel God is calling us to go to. So I am a failure. If I only build a church that has crowd, but doesn't have kingdom imposers. I'm a failure if I only be a church of a mega church of thousands and there are none of them that are effectively penetrating the culture. They, they are changing the culture. That's failure. So when I went to uh, South Korea, for example, I was very disillusioned because uh, even though they had the biggest churches in South Korea, but I didn't see the culture being affected. People are just going to church every Sunday and coming back home. But I think that until you affect the culture and you change the mindset and the value system and the lifestyle of the nation and of the of this significant segment of this population, you are not you are not present there. You are not there. You're just taking people to heaven. That's all you're doing. So what we've been able to do is that we've been able to establish to raise up in the last twenty something years, we've been able to establish over two thousand congregations all over the world. In, in over 50 countries of the world. Now, these are not necessarily mega churches, but they are, we, like I said, the focus is not the size, but the ability of individuals to have the maturity to actually carry the kingdom. That is our, that is how we measure effectiveness. So, uh, that is, so that's one part. But then that's just in the area of church. But the kingdom mandate doesn't end with church. So it also affects all the social ills of the society. As a result, we've been able to start and, and, and launch over 3,000 social organizations addressing different issues. For example, we have a problem of abortion. So we have a whole movement, NGOs, a movement that is national movement addressing the problem of abortion. So let's say we have problem of corruption. We have a whole movement addressing the problem of corruption, penetrating into everywhere to bring the influence of the kingdom to resolve the question problem of corruption. So, for example, we have political instability. We have 500 people from our church alone in politics, released into politics bring, to, bring the kingdom, to bring the kingdom. As a result of that, uh, let's say political, let's, take, let's just take politics. 
For example, we were so influential, we helped arrange a, a situation, a, a movement that was called Orange Revolution here. We played a major role as a church in that one. And after the Orange Revolution, they, they, we started three political parties in our church. Not me. We don't, we, religion doesn't do that. But I helped bring awareness to individuals who knew that their calling was politics. So they started this and went into politics without me, but they have been taught and trained to carry the kingdom. As a result, the pe those people who came out of our church were controlling between 30 to 35% of the parliament of city of Kiev, not national parliament, but the capital city. So that is like from the year 2005 to 2012, we had, that is like 2005 to 2012, almost eight years or so of rulership of our people. And then, you know, can you imagine in a city of 4 million people, 34% uh, at a point it was 30%, then the second election it was 34% were people coming from our kingdom influence. And then the mayor of the city for two terms were also coming, he was also coming from the church. So did that tells you a little bit about the penetration and the impact of the teaching. So it's gone to uh, church life, like planting of churches, all these 2,000 over churches all over the world. It's 50 countries of the world. It's gone into these uh, social spheres of life, 3,000 social organizations, NGOs resol resolving and addressing issues of any issue that pertains to the problem of the country. 3,000 problems we were able to identify, 3,000 organizations addressing them. So now, we, 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 politics, that's what we just heard about. You know, at a point, the supreme judge of the country was coming from our church. You know, we had group in the national parliament. That was where all my problems started because the government of this world begins to feel threatened. So that was when they saw, and then I produced two, two, 200 millionaires in US dollars. And then we, we started 2,500 companies. This is from one church. So the government of the client, the central government began to say, this is the biggest threat. And because I'm a black man, they said I'm bringing black American, black American and African religion to change and shift the culture, the orthodox culture of the land. And they think they are orthodox, and so they think I was an agent of something. So when one of the companies suffered bankruptcy, they said, oh, yeah, this is the way to get them. So the political opponents who lost in the election to our people, they were in the central power, and they said, okay, he must be one of those people who put up the, the you know, it was a scheme, they said. It, it, it should have been a, so they just built it up. So for eight years, I've taken them to court to prove the allegation that this is, is right. For eight years, they cannot do anything. They couldn't prove it. And I'm, I, but I don't want to leave Ukraine until my name has been cleared because the, the KGB was fighting me, put up all kinds of scandals, stories out. And people believe them. You know, this is what even Christians believe them and put up the story out there. And because they don't know the, the, the intensity and what the spiritual warfare that is going on. Even pastors of other churches who don't believe in the kingdom dominion, they think you are giving us problems. Because you go into politics, you go into business. Why should you do that? Just stay in the church. 
So because you don't stay in the church, that's why you have all the problems. And you know you making us to the government to be against all of us. So so they part, uh, partnered with the government so that they will say, okay, we don't support what he's doing. He's why should he, we shouldn't have influence in the government. We shouldn't have influence in politics. We shouldn't have influence in society. We should just go to heaven. So <laughs> so they think they think that this is heresy because of what what with this kind of mindset. <laughs> Well, what's what's interesting, and and it and it was and it became apparent to me immediately upon my elder, uh, an oldest friend who is was a missionary in Madrid, and is now a missionary to visiting scholars in the United States. He deals with people from Ukraine, Iran, China, all over the world who come here to the United States to further their uh, professional degrees, uh, doctorate, graduate, so on and so forth. He said, "You need to look at this bro this man, this brother. He and he and, and and I have known this man for 37 years. And when he tells me I need to look at something, I need to look at it. And he introduced me to you. And I said, this will resonate with the people that I work with and minister with because you reach all of the same conclusions. You sound like you have been reading." All of the things that we read, and why I introduced you to uh, Bojadar, you two are like on the same wavelength. The reason why I, I gave up on the United States is because I never met people like you. So because the people I saw there, they are not interested in the kingdom. They don't even know what it means. I was just this, this, this disillusion because of the greed. People are about ministry. I don't know what that is about. They will not take ministry to heaven. People just want to build ministry. I had a ministry. I had a 25,000 church here, and I was preaching three times a day, trying to kill myself. Then I got smart. I said, no, I would, not, I would rather break this into small pieces. Let, why should I be the superstar? That is distracting people from Christ. That is bringing people's attention from Christ on me. That is bringing me into trouble. I would rather raise songs. The kingdom of God is about raising sons, raising children to become sons, sons who could take charge of nations, who could take charge of territories, of spheres of life, and who could bring the kingdom of God to every sphere, nook and corner of the earth. So that is the purpose of the church, to raise up sons who will be matured enough to be a gift and a blessing and a savior and deliverer. To different spheres of life. So, but when I was trying to talk to Americans about this, they are saying, okay, we can make uh, how much money came out from the offering. They are not hearing me. They are talking about offering. Oh, the budget is this. Oh, we need to build another. No, that just broke my heart. Well, you know, sometimes um, their priorities are misplaced. You know, they're looking for to, 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 to grow the best looking trees instead of <laughs> grow, raising the best, the best tasting fruit. Yeah. And sometimes the best tasting fruit doesn't come from the prettiest trees. Mm. And, uh, what we would say regarding loving people, well, what is love? Well, the new Testament tells us that love is the fulfillment of the law. How do I love my neighbor? Well, I don't murder him. I don't hate him. I don't commit adultery. I don't steal from him. I don't bear false witness against him. I don't think, take his things. I don't, I, the way I love my neighbor is not by going and giving him a hug 
essentially the way we love is we obey God's commandments. Jesus said, how do you love me? You keep my commandments. And what is sin? Sin is the transgression of the law. So we'd say, well, God's law is the ethical and judicial pattern for, for how God wants us to live. And when nations stray from God's law, then they, now we're not saved by the law. We're saved by grace to obey the law. But we think about being a spiritual man and what we've learned that there's only one place in scripture where it tells us what is a spiritual man. A spiritual man is one, he said in Hebrews, who's had his senses trained to discern good and evil. So you, what you're doing is you are raising up men who can go down and be leaders in the gates, yes. sit in the gates, be and be the judges, and be like the Solomon and make wise choices yes. for the people. Yes. You know, in Deuteronomy, when he gives the law of God, he says, "This law shall be, shall be our our. This shall be our renown." The other nations are going to say, "What people have a God so close to them?" Define good and evil so clearly. Brother Evan, what one thing I will where I will say our theology defies a little bit is that when you talk about love of God in the New Testament, the way I understand it and the way I've taught my people is that it is two faceted. One aspect yes. of love is what you just described. Love him and yes. obey his commandment. But then the other yes. aspect of love is that it says this is how to love another person. By giving, this is true love. The one that really love will give his life, and for the for his brother. Yes. Now the, the way yes. God taught me this is this: when I was struggling, I came here to the former Soviet Union, and for years I couldn't get any Europeans saved because Europeans will always look at Africans and say, "We gave you scholarship. We made you to come here to study to help you." to go and help your people. You have hunger in Africa. You have famine in Africa. You are poor African. I should be helping you. You should be, you should, you cannot tell me anything. I mean, you are like, we are helping you. We are being, so they don't listen, they don't take African serious. They say, if you want me to listen to you, go play basketball. We'll wash you. That's what they say here. <laughs> <laughs> so, so they don't take you serious, especially intellectually. They don't think you have enough intellect to command to be listened to. So they were, for four years, I couldn't get any white person to follow me. So then God spoke to me very clearly and said, you are mistaken. I said, why? Because you are waiting for people to come to you to learn. That is hidden pride. And that pride must be tumbled. You must do, do like me. I left heaven. That is real love. I left heaven to come to the earth to show love. That is love. If you really love, you will sacrifice. If you really love, you will bend down. If you really love, you will leave your high tower and come down to the level of the person you want to reach out to. I said, but they're not listening to me. Then the Lord told me, you know what? In every big city where there are millions of people who don't want to listen to you because of prejudice or anything, there are also millions of people who are so desperate for love that they just, but they just don't know where you are. And you are not even going to them. So he's saying, why don't you do like I've preached? Let me, then God told me, let me tell you what ministry is in my own understanding. I said, what is that? And God said, okay, open to Matthew 25. That is real ministry. If you cannot leave your ivory tower, if you just say, well, I've got the law, I've got the law here. You come to me. Oh, you obey the law. 
You take responsibility and give it just on the victim. The victim doesn't have the strength. He doesn't have the energy to be able to obey the, obey the, obey the law right now. He's not having the grace. Even I myself, I'm only able to obey the law because of the grace that I got. So he said, go reach out to them. He told me, put down your Bible, remove your tie, remove your suit, go and look for people that need love and go and touch them with God's touch of love. Go and embrace them. Go and make them feel that touch of love. If you could make them, when they feel that touch of love, they will be ready to listen to the law. If they, until they feel that love, the touch of the spirit, that's the same thing Jesus did for us. The spirit of, because the, only, the kingdom of God is a, is a com, combination of two things. The spirit of Christ and the principles of Christ. The, princip, the spirit of God and the word of God. So the, word, yes. the spirit of God is the spirit of love. Touch people with that spirit. Let them feel the touch. Once they feel the touch, their heart is melted. Just like Holy Spirit comes to re regenerate our heart and melt our heart. It makes us bow. Because of the love of God. So that's what I did. I In four years, I couldn't get one white person, one European to touch me. But in one year, when I went to do that, I stopped teaching them laws and principles and things. I just went to love first. Once I did that and then begin to teach them, you know what? In one year, we went from seven people to 1,000 to people. In the next year, we went to 2,000 people. In the next year, we went to 4,000 people. In the next year, we went to five, 7,000 people. Because love became practical rather than just you know what I teach or what I talk about. That is my experience because it said, look at the example of the Good Samaritan. The Good Samaritan, the, the priest was busy trying to go to the church to go and serve God in the church. The Levite also was busy trying, they don't have the concept of practical love. They only have the concept of love in the in commandment in their heart. In their heart yes. to talk about it, to teach other people about it, but not to touch. But Jesus said, "You go and do like the Samaritan. Then you will live. Then you will really be." Then he talks about in James. He said, "Go to James. If your brother is hungry, if you don't give him something to eat. Don't say you have love. You don't have it." So what I do is that I first of all go and show love to the people. After that, we teach them the principles. We first of all manifest the kingdom to them the love of the kingdom, then when they feel that, then they are ready to listen to the principles. The Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network brings to you a complete lineup of podcasts where you will hear practical and tactical theology. Our desire is not simply that you consume our shows, but that you also live out your faith in every area of life. We can talk all day long about these things, but if we fail to put them into practice then we fail as ambassadors of Jesus Christ, our King. Subscribe now to your favorite Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network shows, or you can subscribe to the Reconstructionist Radio Master Feed, where all of the content we produce, including the audiobooks and audio articles, will pop up as soon as they are available. And don't forget to visit reconstructionistradio.com to volunteer as a narrator or to partner with this ministry financially. May the Holy Spirit stir you into action for Christ and His kingdom. People can...
follow you. Uh, obviously, we're going to be narrating and providing free for anyone in the world who wants to uh, download it or listen to your books uh, anywhere. They're in their commute time, on the train, on the airplane, on their drive, tr travel, their vacation. They can take Sunday at Elijah's books along with our other books on Reconstructionist Radio, uh, the uh, audio archive. Also, this this pod, this interview will be airing on the War Room. This has really been a real pleasure for me. Not because you're a celebrity, because I think you must hate that word. Yeah, but, but that's why that's why I left the church. That's why I stopped pastoring my church to step down and just be yes. mentor mentoring disciples. And I yes. split split it among forty. Right now in my city, we have forty of them. We split them into small, small things so that it's not yes. about man anymore, so that you, you will remove yourself from the stage so that songs will come up. Yes, and you're in your home, as you told me in your our interview, you only live in 10% of your home. Yes. Your home is full of people <laughs> that you are discipling. loving and, and discipling and living life, just like Jesus did. They lived with Jesus. They walked with Jesus. They did things with Jesus. They went out and played football with Jesus. They went fishing with Jesus. Jesus' life was his laboratory. That was his pulpit. Yeah. It was his life. Yeah. And you're and you're the and you're and you're and you're and you're doing you're following in the way of the master. Uh and I tell you, you have and I I will say this about Pastor Sonny and Elijah. This this brother has been given the opportunity to speak to the Knesset, the US Senate, the legislatures and government officials of various nations. Uh, and, and, and universities all over the world, and yet he is a humble man. He took a phone call from a nobody. I'm a truck driver. I'm a, and, and yet but that is, that is another problem that I saw in America. They want to make you into celebrity. They want to imp, imp, uh, respect only, only successful people, which is, which is uh, a fallacy, because the only basis for respect for anybody is that the person carries the image and likeness of God. That is the yes. only condition. If you carry the image and likeness of God, you are as important as anybody in the world. I, even if you are living in the street. So when I go to meet and reach out to the people in the street, I don't see the guy as irresponsible. irresponsible. I see the image of God that has been blurred, that has been messed up, that has been scattered. I cannot wait. I cannot just sit down and see the image of God getting perished. I go and reflect the mirror of God. This is how you are supposed to be like. This is how you are supposed to look like. Look, this is you. And he sees himself and he wakes up. And next time he's going with me to reflect the image of, the, his original image of God on another person. I've been listening to Bojidar. He's like an encyclopedia to me. I'm more practical guy. He's more like a smart guy, but that has all the theology and the, teachings and the knowledge, but I'm not, I'm just someone that does it. I'm just out there working in the field. I'm the field guy. And then, but I enjoy listening to him. Yeah. So. Yes. Well, well, Bojidar, it's interesting that Bojidar started on the street. Ooh. Just, oh, he just started on the street. He's not, he, he was a naval officer at the Bulgarian Naval Academy. Both of his parents were King Communist Party members. By the time he was 12 years old, he had read all of Marx and Lenin and no, all so, of the rationalists. He's so, so smart. I like his mind. I like his knowledge. I like his theology. Well, I, well, well so we happy. like him too. We like him too. 
we, we love Bojidar, and he comes to Bulgaria every year because he he is the head of the uh, Bulgarian Reformation Ministry to lay a foundation for rebuilding Christendom in Eastern Europe. I will send the contact of my pastors to you so that we could connect them to the people over there in Bulgaria. Um, I'll wait for, to meet with you at any time. It's just a pleasure talking to you, just a pleasure, because, you know, I left America disappointed. Now I am get, getting healed just talking to you. It's been healing for my heart to, to meet you, to hear how transparent you are, how kingdom-focused you are. You're not wanting to promote yourself. You know, you, as Paul said, we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus as Lord and ourselves as your servants, for Jesus' sake. Yes, because and, leaders in this kingdom must be servants. That's the only way to be a leader. Amen, amen. Pastor Sunday and Elijah, how, tell us about how our people can follow you. Uh, I have a, a YouTube channel that is called Sunday Adelaja Official. If they go to the homepage of that Sunday Adelaja Official on YouTube, they will see so many series, systematic series of teachings that I've done. That is the easiest way. Then they could also uh, get go to Amazon and look up Sunday Adelaja books. I have a lot of books there, but also I come on daily, two times a day on Facebook Live. And so if they want, they could check out Dr. Sunday Adelaja and then see, the, you know, at uh, that's, I think, 12 noon Eastern time and 2 p.m. Eastern time. So twice a day, I'm there. Well, if, if the Lord reveals to you Ways that we can cooperate, ways that we can support, ways that we can assist in prayer or in any logistics, uh, let us know. Uh, we encourage all of our listeners on Reconstructionist Radio and the War Room to check out the books Church Shift. Uh, uh, and I think you're going to find that this brother and, and the teaching and, and what they've done there is a model for us, you know. We have all of the equipment. We have all of the natural ingredients. But this brother has the formula. Anytime, anytime. I'm available. I'm so elated and on the seventh heaven that there are people like you. We are so happy to have you as a friend and a brother and as a guest here today on The War Room. Thank you for joining us in The War Room. Please enjoy The Nation's Rage, Psalm 2 by my soul among lions. <laughs>